about a gut check yeah right in the feelings yeah this this sucks this that was a tough one sunday uh, the world stopped literally world in motion legit just stopped and like the confusion over what was happening Mm -hmm. and what's not happening and what's true and Mm -hmm. what's going like it was sunday was a rough day man yeah it was a tough day anyways this is the last word podcast we try to move forward as uh, Mr. Kobe Bryant would have wanted. Uh, I am Angela Lippa. I'm Steve Artabella. And uh, wherever you're listening to the Last Word podcast, thank you. One, two, whether it's on Google, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Anchor, uh, all the podcast sites, wherever you are listening, we appreciate you. Uh, tell your friends, hit subscribe, leave a comment, leave a rating. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, we'll just delve uh, right into everything that happened. Uh, Sunday, January 26th, the man known as the Black Mamba, KB24, Bean, Bryant, or Kobe, simply put. He was one of the few athletes. You could just call him by his first name. Yeah. And literally everyone knew who you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, passed away tragically in a helicopter accident uh, early Sunday morning in Calabasas. Yep. Uh, word didn't get out until early afternoon. Early afternoon, and it shook not only the sports world to its core, but it shook uh, the entertainment community. It shook um, everybody. Yeah. Kobe was a not just an icon, not just a superstar of the NBA, but a global icon, global superstar, who I would say really was the first athlete to sort of be part of that, you know, social media movement and everything of that nature. Like we never used to talk about Jordan wasn't around for Facebook, Instagram, yeah, you know, Twitter. Kobe's kind of he's part he's been a part of that culture and everything that's it showed up while he was still yeah yeah he, he was still you know doing work and his reach not just not just in basketball but just you know everything he did the man won a Grammy yeah. or not a Grammy an sorry Oscar. the man won an Oscar yeah for dear basketball he only been out of basketball for at that point what three years. Yeah, it might have been three years because now two years later, this is he he's going he was going to be part of the most epic induction class. Oh man! In NBA history, with Kevin Garnett 
and Tim Duncan plus himself. Not to mention Kevin Garnett, the guy who came out of high school that right before Kobe that let mm-hmm. Kobe be like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. And, you know, I was um, – when I was – I was actually Sunday morning, well, Sunday afternoon, I was um, – I wasn't really watching anything. I just kind of was like, you know what, let me play some NHL. I'm just going to, you know, whatever, hang out. I got. I got to. I play hockey at night, so I was like, you know, I'll kill some time. Usually, that's what I do Sundays. Play, play a little NHL on on PS4 and just kind of kill some time. And my phone starts going off, and I'm in. Uh, I got a group chat with a couple of my buddies, and he's he uh, shows us the tweet from TMZ. He says Kobe Bryant's died, and I'm like, this can't be real. This this is this is definitely fake. This is something happened. Someone ha- hacked. TMZ's account yeah. and is and is you know just screwing around because we hear about celebrity and athlete deaths all There's the time. A fake death rumor, every yeah, day. that are just a hoax. So I thought it was a hoax, and you know I'm on I'm on so I'm kind of in the middle of something because I'm playing a uh, a game online. I can't really stop the game. Yeah. So I'm and the group chat's going off, and I'm and I'm trying in between peri- in between whistles and in, with pauses in the game. Scrolling through Twitter, and, and I go to Adrian Wojnarowski to look at his Twitter because whatever Woj says it comes from Woj the Gospel. Yeah, you trust it. You know it's real. You know it's not. A, you know it's not a hoax. And he hadn't tweeted anything, so I'm like, okay, maybe somebody, maybe it crossed wires. And then word starts to come out that no, no, this is. There's reputable news sources that are, are are saying that no, this is a real thing, and we go down this weird path of Rick Fox, Canadian actually, Canadian yeah. basketball player, was a part of those Laker teams, was involved in we, in this crash in this uh, helicopter accident. We essentially had uh, a what not to do when breaking news is happening for anyone who is reporting. Yeah, because I mean. Me and Angelo, we I guess we we're not reporters, but we're in the radio industry, we're in the communication industry. Like mm-hmm. we deal with not things of this magnitude, but of like of reporting of when things are supposed like when you can be like, hey, this has happened, we gotta bring it to the bring it mm-hmm. to the air. Yeah. This is a disaster. No one knew it, Rick Fox was looped into this, then it was Kobe's entire family was with yeah. him, then it's all of his daughters, then it's well, maybe it's just Kobe, mm-hmm. and then it's Kobe and Rick Fox. That's confirmed. Then that's not confirmed yeah. because Rick Fox's daughter texted one of the anchors on one of those shows to be like, my dad's not fucking dead. Yeah. Like, this this got ridiculous. It got completely out of hand. And then, unfortunately, we finally got confirmation. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being Kobe, um, the assistant basketball coach on his daughter's team, mm-hmm. Kobe's daughter, yeah, a girl that played with Kobe's daughter, her mother, and then another girl that played on the team, yeah. her father, who was a famous baseball coach in the area, and her mother as well, yeah. along with the pilot. So there were nine people in total that ended mm-hmm. up dying in this crash. Mm-hmm. It was tragedy. And we find out exactly the news, finally. And it just... I don't know if it was because it was Kobe and it was such a a guy you couldn't see dying... Because it's it's like he was such a force mm-hmm. that for him to be just gone at 41, yeah. I don't know if it was a combination of the fact that the news didn't make any sense or if it was the type of figure he was, but it just it still didn't seem real. And mm-hmm. I'm listening to reports and I'm watching it on TV yeah. and it just – there wasn't a point 
where it finally was just like, no, this has to be yeah. it. Until it came from everywhere. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's being confirmed on Twitter. TMZ's backtracked and they've confirmed what they've mm -hmm. done. ABC News has completely backtracked all their bullshit and gone with what actually happened. Mm -hmm. And then you're watching games. Yeah. And you know it's happened. Yeah. Games are about to start. They're talking about canceling games. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this right off the hop. Like my first reaction was they shouldn't play these games. Yeah. And yesterday as we were talking about it, it kind of dawned on me. If you want to actually honor Kobe's legacy, mm -hmm. remember what happened to this man when he when his Achilles ruptured. Yeah. It happened in game. When he got fouled. You rupture your Achilles, you can't walk. No. Kobe got up, went to the foul line, made both of his free throws, and walked off the court. Mm -hmm. That was the Mamba mentality. <laughs> it's what it, that's honestly what it was. It was, you know what? I gotta, I, I have to do this. And it pains me. It hurts. It, 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 you know, but I gotta do this. I have to make this, this happen. And I think the face of that was Tyson Chandler. Yes. Played with Kobe, mm -hmm. who was really good personal friends with Kobe. Mm -hmm. And he was playing, I believe it was in that Rockets game. He's the Rockets, like, third-string center. Yeah. Now, we talked about this. I'm not sure that this moment should have been put on TV. Mm -hmm. um, but there was a shot of Tyson Chandler talking to himself, and his face is right. He's obviously been crying. Mm -hmm. And you can see he's talking to himself. The game's going on. He's yeah. on the bench. And for a good 10 seconds, you can kind of just see him basically coaching himself up, and he just starts to cry again, and mm -hmm. the camera cuts away. And it's just yeah. – that was kind of when it said it, like, oh, shit, like this – yeah. happened like this actually happened he's gone we're not just gonna see some you know mm -hmm. what i mean cut to kobe and it's oh he's fine and yeah whatever and then you start to realize like the next thing that hit my mind was kobe's daughter we're gonna get to see you know what i mean like yeah. it's, it, not processing everything because, properly at the time not knowing exactly what yeah. was going on like a tweet had had come out saying that the fa um, Vanessa Vanessa Bryan, Kobe's wife, along with the children, were all okay. Yep. And there was like a, a little bit of a, I don't want to say relief, but it was just like as long, you know what I mean. It, it, it was almost like there was a, mm -hmm. it was almost like it wasn't. You took one piece of the tragedy away at one point, yeah. And it seemed like it's still awful, but mm -hmm. okay, his family's good, yeah. And and like I was saying, there was that moment of. Okay, like I've seen all of these videos. He's coaching his daughter. Like we're gonna get to see this. Yeah. Like you know what he I mean. Was, like he was coaching the female version of himself, which is what he called her on yeah. a regular basis. So it was like, oh, we're gonna get to see that. He's like, you know what? We're gonna get to see a second. And then it dawns on you. Oh no, that's the daughter that was with him. And yeah. then the story, the full story, begins to come out. Yeah, they were on their way to her game. Yes, and then it all kind of sets in where mm -hmm. it's just like. Not only is Kobe gone, mm -hmm. but you started to see just from if you if you have an Instagram account and you follow sports in the slightest, you started to see the highlights start to percolate mm -hmm. of Kobe with his kid. Yeah, and you started to see her. I don't know if you've seen them online, but there are split screens mm -hmm. of her working down in the post, and it's clearly moves her father had taught her, and yeah. there's the split screens with him and classic playoff moments, and yeah. they're identical. Yeah. 
she, like there's the video of him teaching her how to push off and yeah. hit a fade. And, and that was when she was very young. That was a couple of years ago. She too. shouldn't have been able to. If you watch the video, the ball is too big for her to shoot, and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because even with the weird shot, she gets off because the ball is so big. Mm-hmm. She hits it every time. Yeah. And it was realizing like it, all of that kind of hitting at once and realizing like not only is he gone, we're not going to get to see that next act of almost mm-hmm. we get to to, to live through like. To get to see the father yeah. through the daughter, mm-hmm. and it's just all gone. And it, he did it. He did an interview with um, who was it? I Jimmy think Kimmel? It, sorry, Jimmy Kimmel, and he, you know asked about you know like having daughters and you know do you want a son and this and that or like to carry on your legacy? And he was like, no, 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 she's gonna do it. She's people asking him like, oh no, telling him he needed to have a son, and yeah. he would be like, no, no. Or she would tell other yeah. people, no, 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 I got this. I got this. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do. She could have. We don't know what what could have happened, but we've seen like we're we're witnessing it with 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 Bronny and Zaire. Zaire. Like we're seeing we're seeing we, the kids of these superstars. Yeah, and they're they're getting this this coaching that you know we see with NHL players. How many NHL players are there currently with that had a, a dad that, that played exactly that were able to basically teach yeah. the kid everything, and you're learning directly from the you're learning from an expert. Yeah, you're learning like and in basketball, a game that is. So driven sometimes by it, it's a, it's much I don't want to say it's much more easier than hockey, but it's a little you're not teaching someone to then skate and then learn to shoot and pass. Yeah, in basketball you already know how to run. You're just teaching the person your your move. So you're you're molding them after yourself, and that's what he was doing with his daughter Gianna. And you know we were it, it was a tragically tragically cut short. Not just. Not just them two, but the other players, the, the other two players on on the, the helicopter, the parents, the baseball coach, even even the pilot himself. Like it's just nine, like nine people, just in a split second. How how crazy life can be, how tragic it can be in in a split second. And some people are like, oh, why would he, you know, helicopter himself to a game? Why not drive? But he always and there's this was Shannon this, Sharp was talking about yes, he said. He did that for practicing games, he, like, and and it's not like this was a new thing. This is yeah. something he did a decade ago. Yeah, he just it was his way of never missing time. Not, it was his way to get to a to a certain spot in in fat and he could quicker. avoid L.A. traffic. Yeah, still put in the amount of work that he felt he had to put in mm-hmm. on a daily basis to be Kobe Bryant. Yeah. While not sacrificing family time, which we learned in the second half, the the post basketball Kobe. You learned how great of a dad he seemed to yeah. be. Like from everything you saw, it just you didn't see him at games anymore once he retired. And then his daughter's interested in basketball and you started seeing him all the time. And then you started seeing the clips where you'd see the game going on and there'd be a camera on Kobe and he'd be essentially coaching his daughter through mm-hmm. NBA games. See what that guy did. Watch. And you could watch him do it. He's like, you circle around here, you go there. Like you could see him passing the knowledge off. Yeah. And it seemed to it brought Kobe back to basketball, mm-hmm. which he basically just cut. Like, you, you're a Yankees fan. You saw this with Derek Jeter. He just cut it out. Yeah. Until he until they bought the he bought the Marlins. It was part of that group. Mm-hmm. He didn't go to games. He was no. Ba- the only baseball time, was dead. The only time I saw Derek Jeter at a Yankees game was when they honored him. Yeah, when they retired his number. Num- the same thing with number. Kobe. When they retired both of his yeah. numbers, that was the only time you saw him. Yeah. But you got this reintroduction. Mm-hmm. You got a, like a different version of Kobe. And at the same time, like, just to take it away from basketball for a second, 
Like, the man won an Oscar. Yeah. Like, we were about to see what the post-basketball Kobe was going to do. Yeah. And by all means, like, I, Obama said, it looked like it was going to be just as great, if not greater. Yeah. And I'm saying this about a man who, if you want to take this in sports context, he won five championships. He is a three-peat in there. Yeah, he played with one of the most dominant players to ever play, got in a fight with him, that guy got traded, still managed to win two more titles yeah. after it. And it, and what the videos that have come out, like the, the video of um it's Kobe and Shaq basically together. Yeah. And they're they're talking and like Shaq said, you know, you know he he said, you know what I realized it was an asshole? He's like at the All Star game when they won the, the co MVP when it was in Phoenix, and he said, You have it. Yeah. Cause um What's his son named? Sharif, I think. Yeah. Sharif he is quite young, but he was very interested in basketball. He was starting to get interested in basketball. And it was like a trophy that he kind of had won that he could like give to his son. Get, like his son could kind of know what, what was happening at the time. So, by Kobe, the way, Sharif O'Neal is a projected first round pick yeah. who plays for UCLA. Yeah. Like, again, it's just another. So you have that, that moment. And, and like Sha- you could see, and Shaq's post, LeBron's post, like the video of LeBron getting. Because. LeBron was saying that he spoke with Kobe in the morning, Sunday morning. Yep. Before he Bef- flew back to L.A. Yeah. and before Kobe was supposed to fly yeah. out with his daughter to that game. From Philadelphia, where LeBron James on January 25th broke, uh, sorry, passed Kobe Bryant for third in all-time scoring in the NBA. In Kobe Bryant's hometown. Kobe's from Philly. Remember how much flack he caught the time that he didn't he, sign? He, yeah. He stayed in L.A. and he didn't go to Philly. He didn't go home to play. And he also ripped the Philadelphia heart out when they beat the Sixers. Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> Look, it was, and, and LeBron does it as a Laker in Philly. Yeah. Like, it, it that seemed so perfect. And mm-hmm. it was, you were seeing the messages back and forth between LeBron and Kobe. Mm-hmm. And it was great. And it, and we don't get to see it anymore. No. Because here's the thing. Like, you knew this about me. I was never a Kobe stan. I was never the guy that sat out here and was just like, Kobe's the greatest player that ever played. Kobe's better than Michael. Kobe's mm-hmm. better than LeBron. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. That was never me. But I appreciated what Kobe would do to win. Like, I appreciated it. The last tweet that we got from uh, Kobe was continuing to move the game forward at King James. Much res- much respect, my brother. Number three three six four four, and that's what he passed that night. It's it was just it's it's such a it's. I was trying to think like, for us, we've never really had. A, a player die, like, you know, to this magnitude. Like, when I think back, you, you know, in the set, in the 70s, you had Thurman Munson. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I don't know about the 80s. I, I, I know that we had Roberto Clemente pass away in the offseason, but he was still a player. You know, we had Reggie White was another guy who passed away, uh, was still playing. But they didn't have the global, like, Pull the that. reach and stardom that Kobe had. Yeah. It. I, I said I, I said to you yesterday that there's only really I, I I could think of maybe 
right one player currently at this time that is a retired player that maybe has that type of, of oh yeah, pull, and it was Derek Jeter or Michael Jordan or Michael Jordan, and, and we're a, talking about like like we're talking about like superstar icons, global like you're talking about. Jeter, who's in the argument, and again, I'm not a Jeter guy. We had this yes. conversation when we put him into the hall, like when we were talking about him getting into the hall mm-hmm. of fame. You're looking at one of the athletes that defined a generate, like a decade, like yeah, that, that defined a period of yeah. time for a specific sport. Mm-hmm. Like, like we got, when you start to think about it, most of the like a lot of these, Bill Russell is still around. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan is still around. Larry Bird, Magic, Magic Johnson, Johnson, who had fucking HIV. He's a to wrap my head around the fact that Magic Johnson is still, and it's not like the, it's not not shot. It's just it's hard to wrap yeah. your head around mm-hmm. that Kobe Bryant isn't here anymore. Yeah. Like I, I said this to you. What other person? Like try to try to like to, to try to explain how big of a personality Kobe was. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now. I'm 29 years old. Mm-hmm. From the time I can remember in school, because Kobe would have been drafted in 96, so I would have been five years old, so I would have been in senior kindergarten. I don't remember someone balling up a piece of paper, throwing it at a trash can, and not yelling Kobe. But I still do it in my room when I when I when I get unchanged, like my my little uh, my my socks. I have my my laundry hamper. I actually still it, do that with my socks. I it shoot them like, in the hand. It looks like a basket. So I always just I've always thrown it. Kind of you know. I don't, you know, boom, Kobe. It's I just, did. I did it here. One of the one of the old employees in in this building. I used to do it with her. I used to be like, I'd stand like far back, and I would just yell, Kobe. And when you hit it, it's the best feeling oh, in the world. But but that's what I mean. Like it, it's hard to explain how big of a person, how big of a figure he was. More than that. Mm-hmm. Like I can't think of someone in my age range that didn't do that or still does that. Mm. And and not even just my age range, like there are people older than me that do that and st- like to this day that still do it. There are kids younger than me that to this day still do it. Mm-hmm. And to think about that like you got Steph Curry now, like that could have easily changed and it didn't. Yeah. It, it it's just That's the thing like it's it's hard to have this conversation because it's hard to still really believe even yeah. days later, just because. And again, I wasn't a stan. I wasn't the one out here being like he's the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that. It's just you start to realize like the appreciation I had for the Mamba mentality of just like I think Bamani Bamani Jones put this right and put it the best way. I saw mm-hmm. it yesterday at high noon with Pablo Torre. Kobe would do anything, anything to win. It didn't mm-hmm. matter. You could cut a limb off of him. Did we win? Yeah. It didn't matter. And you, I grew to respect that because it gets to the point where it's just like, yeah, we. I might not agree with the way he plays the game and like whatever. But the common goal of just like, I, like I, mm-hmm. I'm a very competitive person. I want to win at everything. Yeah. Nowhere near that level, but... That little bit allowed me to appreciate it. Yeah. It's like, think about it. Think about it this way. Like, I'd like to lose a couple of pounds, but I like to wake up an extra hour in the morning to go for a run. No. No, I would not. Kobe wanted to be the best. 
So he got to the gym at four. And like it's it's these little things that mm-hmm. you can't even imagine yourself doing for something for like your own health. Yeah, that he did for the sport of because he wanted to win. Like look at the <laughs> the picture came up. People were circulating it again when Kobe's daughter's team beat a team by almost a hundred points. Yeah, that they had lost to by a point two years earlier. Mm-hmm. Even in his daughter's basketball, he had to win and he had to prove how mm-hmm. much better he like that part of him, like the the respect I have for that. Mm-hmm. It's just it, it's hard to talk about Kobe passing and how much he means when I can't really find the words for it because there's just this like I was starting to really appreciate him more than I had when he was playing. It just, like, all of this sucks. And this isn't even to go with, like, Kobe wasn't a perfect human being. No. We, like, his teammates hated him. Yeah. There was the, the sexual assault thing mm-hmm. in Colorado. Like, if you look into the statement, mm-hmm. like, that was pretty bad. But everything he did, he learned and got better at. He I, grew as a human being. See, what I, what I think they probably hated was I, they hated the Black Mamba. They hated the guy, like, they maybe hated the guy that pushed him beyond the limit. That, well, that was the thing because it, he those relationships mm-hmm. were all mended. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, him and Shaq hated each other. Yeah. They're fine. I don't think, I don't know if people remember this. Phil Jackson retired during a season, wrote a book about how Kobe was uncoachable, <laughs> and came back to coach Kobe. To a That's a thing two, that happened. Two championships. Right? Like, these... That actually happened. Like, yeah, there were people that didn't like him at the time because of that drive to Mm -hmm. be perfect. But you saw that once that kind of subsided, and especially once he stopped playing basketball, all the relationships seemed to be mended. Like, hell, remember the stories about him and Dwight Howard? And what did Dwight Howard want when he actually said he was going to do the dunk contest? He wanted fans to tweet at Kobe to get Kobe to set him up. To help him out in the dunk contest. This is before Kobe died. And if you remember some of the stuff that was being accused of what Kobe would say to Dwight about Dwight's work ethic and the way he ate and all these like It wasn't good. But even he was able to, once they stopped playing, realize, like, no, he was a good person. They had these conversations. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, for all of his flaws as a human being, he seemed to be really able to grow and become a better person. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not trying to downplay mm-hmm. the sexual assault incident, anything like that. But if you look at Kobe's history, he became a better person. Yeah. Hell, there was a thing he got suspended for using a homophobic slur mm-hmm. during a game because he was one of the most famous trash talkers of all time. Yeah. He yelled at it at somebody. He didn't fully understand like what, what was so bad mm-hmm. about it. So Kobe, when he was suspended, not mandated by the league, actually sat down with the people from GLAD who are an LGBTQ yeah. To understand, why is what I said offensive? Can you explain it to me? And then he became a large advocate for the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Once once he understood what, mm-hmm. he, what he had done, why it was wrong, he mm-hmm. made the active change to be a better person. Yeah. And, like, just like again, we go back to his family. Like, his wife left him after that call. Like, there was, there was a lot of bad things. And then Kobe comes out of it, and you look at him now. It's like this was the perfect family. Yeah. The daughters, the everything seemed to just 
for all his for any of his flaws, he's just always seemed to be bettering himself. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't think you can find a better quality in a human being because we all have issues. We're all going to make mistakes. Yeah. But to actively try to correct them the way he did, mm-hmm. it's it's impressive and it's something beyond just being a sports yeah. figure. Like that's something – again, the mama mentality stuff. You had cancer patients talking about how his explanation of the mama mentality to them about fighting cancer, mm-hmm. not – about playing basketball, how his mentality changed the way they approach their treatment. Like, he's just, it's not just basketball. It was beyond basketball. Because, like, with the Mamba mentality about, you know, persevering and fighting and being being the best, wanting to be the best, driving yourself, that's not just a sports thing. It's an everyday it's life, life thing. thing. You, you want to be every day. You should want to be better than the previous day. You should want to do something different. You should want to do something better. You know, hey, you know what? I cut this. I I yelled at this person. Well, I, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't yell at this person. And we learned, you know, we, we learned on Sunday, like, just how, how precious one life is. Two, your loved ones can be gone within. Look, Kobe was in a helicopter. This could have happened in a car. This yeah. could have happened on a bus. It could have happened on a. We saw. We, this we, could happen we watched, walking. We, you can have a heart attack. You can be. You can be the most healthy, active person in the mm-hmm. world and have a heart attack and die in a second. Yeah. It just. We watched how many young young men pass away with the humble Broncos, in the bus crash a couple yeah. of years ago. Like, it's 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 crazy how in the matter of a a snap of the fingers everything can kind of change, and you know how you should treat life how. Even even in death, we learned something from Kobe, and it was it wasn't something he taught us, but it was something about keeping making sure like you realize how important life is, how every minute of every day should be you should be making things better. You should be getting better as a human being. And to be honest, like it's it's funny because we talk about like family guy and it's the kid didn't know he was this great of a father and all this other stuff and it's funny because now that it kind of dawns on me it's like should have known this was going to be Kobe as the father because he literally took the mentality that he had to destroy people on the court and then refocus it to how can I be the greatest the greatest husband father that physically possible Mm -hmm. and I think just like the facility they were going to was called the Mamba Center and the reason it's it exists Kobe's oldest daughter is an accomplished volleyball player, mm-hmm. and Gigi, who passed away, was an accomplished basketball player, mm-hmm. and there was no facility in the area, so Kobe built a 100,000-square-foot facility out of his own pocket for his kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's just—and and it's, again, like, that right there, like, yeah. that— that's the Mamba mentality yeah. of, oh, well, I, I, this needs to happen? Mm-hmm. Not only am I going to do it, I'm going to do it so much better than anyone could even imagine. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, he was doing what dads do. Yeah. You know, whether it was building their daughter, like building their daughter that, that playset, or, you know, other dads who take their kids out to go shoot hoops or play catch or, you know, That's skate just around it, the ice. It's to not saying get that Kobe's better. so much better of a person. It was with his means. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 
for a normal father, that would be like taking them to practice and whatever. Mm -hmm. Because Kobe had the means, he gave them the best that was available to him. Mm -hmm. Hell, he gave them the best that wasn't available to them. He made it available to them. Exactly. And, you know, the reach in the NBA, like, you know, like we talked about, like games, they were thinking about canceling. People were... Should they cancel games? And they did cancel one game. Well, they pos- they postponed they post- the game, the 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 Clippers Lakers game. And again, I once I kind of because we kind of so, dawned on we me talked like about it, it you yesterday should play too. through it for yeah. for the the day that it happened. I understood why they played those games. Mm-hmm. And after seeing res- LeBron's response last night, yeah, I get it because can't remember who said this, but I guess it would almost be a different thing if you're on the road and it's like Lakers Nuggets in Denver. Lakers Clippers, L.A. versus L.A. inside the Staples Center. Mm -hmm. The house that Kobe built. Like, I I can see why that would have been. Oh, would it? You know what I mean? Like, I could, I (laughs) I don't know. Like, Like the emotion in that building would have been. we, We saw it all, all throughout Sunday's games. We saw it. Specifically, the Ra- the Raptors who st- who kind of were they know- s- they started it. Yeah. Um, apparently, it was actually Nick Nurse's idea. He brought it to the his players, mm-hmm. and once they all went to it, he went to Pop and was just like, yeah. "Well, because technically, we're I need you to to burn I- a shot clock violation. We have to have this conversation." Yes. And Pop, like obviously, and Pop, like you know, the uh, I'll even give the reporters credit who. Who left the players alone? You could see, like you know, Pop appreciate. Like he made sure to mention that yeah. in and his you know post game, is, and we know how Pop is with the exactly. reporters. That's, that's the thing. Like you know how, like you know how he is with reporters. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he went out of his way to say that, you understand what that meant to Pop mm-hmm. because it, of what it meant to his players, and one of his players being Demar Derozan, who not only idolized and shaped his entire game after Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. but apparently had been very close with him personally. Yeah. You can you can understand why Pop wanted to protect his guys. Yeah. And yeah, it, yeah you had you know like you had even um then it, it kind of evolved to the being the the 8 second uh backcourt violation. That was a great idea and it didn't even dawn on me yeah. until I like when I heard it it was mm-hmm. like holy shit I didn't even remember mm-hmm. that it is 8 seconds. It's yeah. eight se- if you don't cross the, the half court yeah. line in eight seconds, it's a back. Like it, it was it, it was smart. Even Minnesota uh, last night, actually, because that's where Kobe passed Jordan. Uh, Andrew Wiggins put the ball because he passed him at the foul line, put the ball in the foul line and left it there. And it was like that. It, it was just a moment. Like you're like, you know, all the players honoring Kobe, like Trey Young, who actually worked out with oh Kobe God, in the not summertime. To Remember, you it, you told me this, and then I ended up looking it up. Mm-hmm. For Trey Young and Devin Booker to combine for 81 points mm-hmm. and to not take more than 24, to take exactly 24 shots yep. each. There are things that happen, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you believe in, who you believe in. You could not believe in anything. Yeah. Some things happen for a reason. Yeah. And clearly they weren't going to take more than 24 shots, but for them to, ha- like, get right to those. For that to hit 81, like, <laughs> When you start to like, I don't know, man. That was a moment. It, it was it, a moment. Trey Young wearing moment. eight, like some of the dedications, like yeah. it's just, you know, you got you guys like even like Luka Doncic, who is fairly new to the league. It's only his second year. And, oh hell, the story. Please tell me you you heard the story about him getting chirped on the he getting chirped in Slovenian. So he's playing the Lakers in L.A. Oh no. 
and he hears someone chirping him in. He's from Slovenia. Yeah. And he hears someone talking trash in Slovenian. So he inbounds the ball and turns around, and it's Kobe laughing at him. <laughs> Kobe can speak Slovenian. Kobe can speak a lot. Kobe speaks better Italian than me. Kobe speaks way better Italian <laughs> than I can even attempt. Kobe spoke better Italian than most Russell Italians. Woodbridge. Yeah. Most like, Italians. Like, he, it, it, he was a special human being, yeah. man. He really was. He like, did everything. He did literally everything at 135%. Yeah. He gave everything that he had and then some. And then when he was broken, he kept going. That was in all walks of life he did it. And that's why like I keep circling back to this like we were robbed the experience yeah. of post basketball Kobe because uh-huh. like the first things he put his actual time and effort into like he won a goddamn oscar you know how many people who that's their dream that don't come close to that yeah. that are ridiculously they're, talented they're, at they're, that thing there are actors who have never won who have been not, look how long he got put this into perspective okay leonardo dicaprio how long did it take him to win an oscar Exactly. It took to the revenant. Okay. It, it took him pushing every move, and it'd be every time he'd be a, have this big movie, and it'd be like, "Is he gonna get it? He didn't get it. We got robbed. Next, next, next. It's like every movie. Kobe steps to the plate, and as Kobe does, I'm gonna make it animated career, short. Boom! It's an Oscar. Boom! Winner. It's an Oscar. Like, and it's and and it started off as a letter. Yeah. In the Players' Tribune. Well, and, and the thing is, like we talked about this. I, I was bringing it up to you yesterday. Like. Kobe's rededication to basketball, but in the women's game, had a chance to change things because it's Kobe Bryant. Like, there's not a lot of people that can really change things and put an impact. And if their face is on something, it really moves the needle. Yeah. But it was a lot of what Kobe was talking about with players. And one of the things he said before he died which I don't think this was, it's clearly, he didn't know he was going to, this wasn't meant as like a big thing, but he pointed out, I believe it was four current WNBAers that he thought could play in the NBA. There were things that Kobe clearly had in motion with his daughter, with the women's game, with everything going on. There was a chance here that we were going to, God knows what we were going to witness. And now we don't get it. And it's just sad, man. It just is. Very sad. Um, I think we can. The it, at the end of the day, death is of any athlete is is sad, and you know, someone Shannon Sharp put it best. And you know, being someone who does believe in God, I don't know whatever religious you might believe, but he said it best. And he says, "You don't." He's like Kobe Bryant lived a a, f- a full life to forty one. It was not like it was like oh he could have done more. It's like you know, it was we were robbed of this. But he's like, there's only one appointment you can never be late for in your life, and it's with the man upstairs. Yep. And I bet you, if well for me, uh, probably David Stern was waiting there with a jersey for him and his daughter, because he passed. We we didn't even talk about it in last the last podcast because we had so much to cover. Um, but David Stern had passed away as well, so it's like, you know, and he was the guy that welcomed Kobe to the NBA. I actually saw something that made me laugh, considering Stern had passed away not long ago. Mm-hmm. It was just like, well, people, Kobe went to go have another word about that Chris Paul veto. 
the smile that that gave me when I saw that, like just if you don't know, David Stern vetoed a trade that would have sent Chris Ball to the L.A. Lakers. It, who knows how many championships Kobe would have had if that couple, trade went through? I, I have a feeling he would have passed Jordan. If it, it just, it, you know what I mean? And it got vetoed, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's just like. I don't know. It made me laugh because David Stern was that type of guy that, like, he didn't care. He'd do that. He'd do that stuff. If he thought it was good for the league, he did it. He didn't care. Yeah. He on it. It didn't matter how good or bad it mm-hmm. was. It involved frozen envelope. Who knows? David Stern was gonna fucking do it. Yeah. And the funny thing was, you knew Kobe. The other on the other side of that, you knew yeah. Kobe was never gonna let that go. No. You Probably never I mean? let it, it just, go. It was just a, like a. I don't know. It just made me chuckle of just the thought of just like two pioneers of the sport. Mm-hmm. Two global guys, two guys who grew the game on a global scale. And if it's not for David Stern, the impact that Kobe Bryant has at mm-hmm. the moment wouldn't have been possible. It wouldn't have been possible because without David Stern, there's no Michael Jordan like we know him. Yeah, and without a Michael Jordan, there is no Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. So, rest in peace to the Mamba. You will be missed. We were robbed of the greatness that was to follow in your post basketball career. We only got a glimpse of it, and it was a hell of a glimpse. Yeah. Thank you for the memories, Kobe. We never say thank you enough, so say thank you. Hug your loved ones. Appreciate getting to work in one piece, get, getting to anywhere in one piece at the end of the day because yeah. you don't realize how you know how significant that is on a, on a different scale. On to other things here. We have a Super Bowl that is happening that – you know, kind of actually got lost in in all the Kobe news. That was another thing is like how like what's bigger than the Super Bowl? Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. And we are now here at Super Bowl week, uh, the culmination of an entire season. Our picks are, are all our things. I have no idea who won the pick segment because we went on a three week <laughs> hiatus because our studio got hijacked. But <laughs> we had some issues with where we could record. Yeah, some things happened. We, we kind of got handcuffed. Imagine getting handcuffed to a bed <laughs> and no, and they leave you with no key and you're stuck there in your boxers. It's like George. Yeah, it's like George. Exactly like George. It's exactly what I think about. How'd you get out of that? <laughs> no ask questions. Uh, but we are here, Super Bowl week. The Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers, two different teams, two differently coached teams, two differently built teams. And some similarities. The two teams we kind of wanted. I mean, I wanted to see the Ravens potentially, but I mean, Patrick Mahomes is just yeah. This is basically the Super Bowl matchup that you wanted to see. Like this, this actually profiles to be a really good game. And you have it's. You also have the fact that you have the league's best defense, specifically best passing defense, against Patrick Mahomes. Now, were the Kansas City Chiefs the league's best offense? No, not technically. Patrick Mahomes missed five weeks, and I almost guarantee you that if he played those, they would be. Yes. I agree with you there. And we are going to get to see these two things tee off against each other. And what's even better is the Kansas City Chiefs that had a god-awful defense to start the year. They've been getting better as the season went on, and they've Mm -hmm. been really good in the playoffs. And you got Jimmy G on the other side. He doesn't have to throw very much when his running backs are running all over everyone. But he's proved that he, he can threw, if he needs to. He threw eight times, and they won a football game. And they dominated. Yeah. They didn't just win. They dominated. Yeah. 
And it wasn't one of those like he threw eight times they won in spite him. Mm-hmm. No, no. They won because he decided not – I think Pac McAfee said this best. He's like, people making fun of Jimmy G, he's like, you know what something happens in the NFL on a regular basis? Quarterbacks that want their stats that audible out of run plays. Yeah. On a regular basis it happens. You know what Jimmy G did? Well, they can't stop this, so just give me the ball and turn around. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep handing it to Mostert and Coleman and everybody else because it doesn't matter. He was able to do that. To not just be like, well, let me get a touchdown here. To be selfless instead of selfish. And if he can fit into the game plan, and what's really interesting too about the 49ers side, George Kittle loves the block. He doesn't need to catch. What's more interesting though is having guys like Emmanuel Sanders, having a rookie like Debo Samuel. Getting the wide receivers excited like that is a whole nother thing. And if you have a team buying in like that, it's dangerous. And normally you'd look at the 49ers, you'd be like, you guys can do literally everything. You should be the favorites by a mile. And then you look at the Chiefs, and it's like, you guys are good. But then you look at Patrick Mahomes, and you go, how do you not make this man the favorite? This Super Bowl matchup Mm -hmm. should be amazing because there are reasons on both sides to make one team the overwhelming favorite, and it won't happen because they're too damn close. It's insanely close, actually, how, you know, how it is, and... We haven't. It's an interesting thing because I don't know if on this podcast, but in 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 just in when we've talked off the air, myself and Stephen, I've referred to one Patrick Mahomes as at least our version of Dan Marino, this guy who can chuck the ball all over the place, wasn't the first overall pick, and basically turned around the team single handedly. Like five thousand yard off, five thousand yard plus passing, a million fifty touchdowns last year. Probably would have had fifty again this year. Yeah, like he's unstoppable. Like Patrick Mahomes looks like a video game. Because if you watch what Patrick Mahomes does in games where he's like running around in circles and no look throws and just chucking it sixty yards on a frozen rope while having three three hundred pound men try to murder him, like he does things that shouldn't be physically possible. But he does. He makes. He makes the. He makes the impossible possible, much like Dan Marino did for the Miami Dolphins. And Dan Marino only ever made it to one Super Bowl. And I believe it was in his third season? 83, 84, I think. What year that was? That he it was in 85, and I think he was drafted in, if I'm not mistaken, sorry, just I want to get this right because I don't want to get it wrong. Dan Marino was drafted in 1983. So it was his third season. So it was his third season, much like one Patrick Mahomes. And do you know who Dan? Oh, wow. Mar- and do you know who Dan Marino played in the Super Bowl 19, Mister Artibello? It wouldn't have been the Chiefs because they would haven't been in the in that long. It's an NFC team. They play the 49ers and Bill Walsh. They played Joe Montana, didn't they? You are correct. Holy sir. Christ. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's insanity for that to match up like that. And if I could get his passing for the playoffs, playoff passing in the 1985 season, where was he? He had 243 yards, which is quite a lot. And uh, yeah. He was uh, quite impressive that year. Jesus. Quite impressive. In fact, that was his last. <laughs> he never made it back to the playoffs until 1990. 
Yeah, because it wasn't his fault. The rest of that team sucked. Yeah, the rest of the team sucked, but like they they had a a, a, a hiatus from anything. Jeez. So you get you get there. I'm sorry, it wasn't it wasn't it was 84. They count 84 is weird. It's weird. He had a thousand passing yards in the playoffs. Jesus. Completed 61 percent of his passes. Only threw five interceptions. And this is back days. in the day where these numbers aren't regular. So you got Dan Marino, who can just chuck the ball everywhere. Meet Patrick Mahomes. Now, I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo is. Yeah, he's not Joe Montana. He's not he's Joe Montana. And, okay. uh, you know, is Shanahan's not Bill, Bill Walsh. Walsh. Okay, I am not saying that. It's just the, the team that they happen to walk into is is, is eerily just, similar. And Wow. You know, there's. It's crazy to think because there's been this belief. I've been listening to a lot of sports radio that a lot of people in the NFL believe that the Chiefs are just going to waltz through this game. What? Yeah. There are people in the NFL that believe that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to waltz through this game. And they not I, watch and, this and, season? And I believe it is because of Jimmy Garoppolo. Because Jimmy Garoppolo is getting some serious disrespect. And that's what I mean. I'm like, he's not, okay. He's not Patrick Mahomes, but he's also not Jamarcus Russell. No. He's not. He's yeah, not he even threw Joe eight, Flacco. He threw eight times in that playoff game because he didn't need to throw anymore. Like I, <laughs> I'm trying to wrap my head around this. It, 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 I heard that. I'm like, wait a minute. What? I go for myself. I'm anticipating. I'm anticipating a fantastic football game. Not to mention, God, like, God bless Andy Reid. I'd mm-hmm. like to see him finally win a title and take his mantle up there with some of the greatest coaches of all time. But like. You really trust Andy Reid that much? I haven't. In a big game? We've because seen- I know they won the NFC Championship or the AFC Championship game, but there was a moment there at the end of it where like Andy Reid, instead of burning the clock, there's like a couple of passes thrown, a couple of incompletions, mm-hmm. clock stops, you know, he, he, Patrick Mahomes ends up making it oh, ends he, up making good with it eventually. He got cute. Yeah. He tried to get cute. It's kind of like another... And this time it worked, though. And this this time time he got through it. He got through it. But there are times we've seen with Andy Reid where getting cute has cost him games. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he's on the verge of, you know, trying to win his 222nd game, ironically on (laughs) 2-2. You know, like... (laughs) Oh, God. Like, the numbers are starting to match up. He's probably eating 222 pounds of food. I don't blame him. He's down in Miami. It's a beautiful place. Great food town. Great food town. But we have so many of these, like, storylines. Andy Reid, will he finally get his Super Bowl? Will Kyle Shanahan exercise a demon, plug your ear, Stephen, from a few years ago? Like, you have Richard Sherman, who's been on this, World Tour of Redemption. Yep. After he ruptured his Achilles. Does he get a Super Bowl not with the Seahawks? With the Seahawks. Exactly. With a rival of this, a, a big division rival, rival, division rival of the, rival of the Seahawks. Seahawks. Jimmy Garoppolo, does he become the Super Bowl winning quarterback that a certain head coach up in Foxborough had envisioned him to be? The guy that he was going to keep instead of Tom Brady. You have this outstanding defense. You have a defense in Kansas City that's quite. That's come together. That's come together, you know. Not to mention, Chris, I think it's Chris Jones, that D-tackle that is unblockable, mm-hmm. that was hurt for the first couple of games, then played against Tennessee, yeah. and you started to realize, like, holy Christ, this dude, man. Like, yeah. it, 
he doesn't push the pocket. He collapses it yeah. from the middle. Mm-hmm. And this and these San Francisco outside linebackers too. Oh, they're not, and like they have the most ridiculous defensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bosa and Buckner. Mm-hmm. It's just, these guys are huge yeah. and they're unstoppable and they're fast. Exactly. And what's what's Patrick Mahomes? He's fast too. So you're you're meshing speed with speed versus seed, but the defense is is elite. And there's so many like, and you have the tight ends. You can't forget both tight ends and in George they Kittle. Might be the and two best tight ends in the game right now. I would say they are the two best tight ends, hands down. Like. Are just phenomenal players. And Travis Kelsey's the best receiving option at tight end we've seen since uh, since Gronk. Right, like he yeah. is, and and Kittle's a, a combination of he can block, he can Kittle's Gronk, mini Gronk. Yeah, he just I'll block, I'll catch. I don't care whatever whatever to win. I'm not gonna ask for the ball, but you want me to pancake someone? I'll pancake someone. Yeah. You want me to catch a 70 yard touchdown? I can do that too. Yeah. And you know it's it's you have Tyree Kill and you have you have Sammy Watkins on uh, on the wide receivers and, and Nicole Hardman who's basically Tyree Kill 2.0. Yeah, so you have all these things and what it what it eventually is going to come down to. Both old lines are really good, like both old lines. It's 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 it, it, it's it's going to come down to the head coaches. It's it's honestly down to them because like. I give the distinct advantage in terms of quarterback play to Kansas City. Oh God, yeah. Okay, but can Jimmy G do enough if called upon? I I think he can. Yeah. All right. He's. So we've already seen him have moments, and this is the per. This is almost the perfect. Like if I'm a betting man, if I'm putting money down on someone to win MVP, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. He's he, to make the big throws. He's got the defense to keep him alive. Like he's got the running attack. Oh, like God, this yeah. running attack is. It, it doesn't matter who it is. It's exactly like me and you could be back there getting seventy yards. That we yeah, might you know, not you know make it this, seventy yards. Yeah, but, but you know who this reminds me exactly of. Do you remember Kyle's father? Do you remember the Denver Broncos and the list of Clinton Portis? We know him and a million other dudes that ran for a thousand yards mm-hmm. that they got rid of. It, it's it's scary that this is the same zone. It's the same. Oh, and by the way, I was a Falcons fan that watched him do this with Devonta Freeman, who has not been the same since he hasn't been there. Yeah, there's been injuries, but there's also been you know a lack of production. This running system is no joke. It's worked in the NFL for decades, and it's it's going to be a, a crazy game. I, I I'm anticipating a. A game where both teams are going to score thirty plus points, and what it's going to come down to is which defense, much like the Super Bowl, which which featured Philadelphia and New England, which defense makes the big stop. Yes. Okay. Philly made the big stop. They got the strip, the strip fumble of Tom Brady that led to the game winning touchdown, and it was over. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling that this game will have very similar, you know, traits. Of oh, that God, game, yeah. we're gonna see a trick play or two. I'm, t- I'm talking like not Philly special esque, but we'll see a trick play. We'll see somebody different throw the ball, someone you don't expect, or somebody catching a pass you wouldn't expect. Because this is you're, you're in the final game of the season. You have you have worked all your life, all your career, all season long to get to this point, and you're here. You're going to do whatever is humanly possible to win the game. Oh, God, yeah. Okay? And 
We saw how San Francisco dealt with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dealing with Patrick Mahomes is a little bit different, but a little bit similar. Both guys can throw the ball. Both guys can kind of escape the pocket. So it's almost like you're playing contain. You're playing. You have to blitz at certain times. You have to be very, very smart. And you have sort of the secondary. But it's going to be, I think, a it'll be a tight end game. It'll be Kelsey versus Kittle. It's going to be like Mahomes is going to have to try because they play cover three in San Fran. Yeah. So that's the he's going to have to watch for the seams, which can be open in cover three. And when you got burners like Hill, Hardman. Watkins, and especially with the tight end, tight ends run a lot of seam right. Like they're in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. It's dangerous. And the thing is, is like you know George Kittle is going to do something in the Super Bowl. Like you just you know he's going to make some kind of play, whether it's going to be the the lead block to to spring a big run, or it might be that cl- critical first down, or it could be the critical touchdown catch in the red zone because he's a big boy. Mm-hmm. Like there's. There's there's a good chance this comes down to which one of the t- like it's hilarious in this matchup how many times you can look directly across the field at someone to match up mm-hmm. and the funny thing is is the the Chiefs have a bunch of no name running backs like the Sean McCoy's a name but he's not what he used to be and so do the 49ers mm-hmm. 49ers just get a lot more production out of him yeah so it's going to be a very interesting game um, Stephen. Much like myself, is a little bit of a betting man, and I, a little bit. I, I think I enjoy betting on the Super Bowl more than I be, I enjoy anything else. In fact, I think the last bet I made was probably at the Super. No, last bet I made was actually about fantasy hockey, but and I won that bet. Can't <laughs> wait to eat barbecue soon. Coming for you, but um, I do enjoy playing the odd bets, if you will. Like, where's one? Where? Let me find an odd bet for you, Stephen. Okay. Um, the kissing one? There was a kissing one. Will Shakira and, <laughs> and J-Lo kiss. And I asked him, I go, define kiss because is it a well, kiss yeah, on the cheek? Before you even said define kiss, I was like, yeah, no, because it already had the Madonna, uh, British Spirit. Like, that shit happened already. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not going to copy it. And then it was just like, ooh, what does count? Because if it is a kiss on the cheek, like they're plus 800, mm, that's actually something I might want to do. <laughs> like, here's 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 one. Okay, this is a weird one. I don't even know what. Will winner of Iowa caucus tweet about Super Bowl? There must be some kind of election in Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> Will the game be delayed by fifteen plus minutes? Ooh, ooh, um, that's a good one. Will anybody say they are going to Disney World? Yes. Oh, someone always. Someone does. always does. It's literally a stand. It's a staple. Um, here's one. Will OJ Simpson attend the game? No, but he will tweet about it. Um, will Shanahan or Lynch get extensions within one week? John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan. Actually, they got five-year contracts four years ago, right after that Falcon Super Bowl. So their contracts are coming up. I didn't even think about that. Will either team convert a fourth and 20? I want to say no, but just because Patrick Mahomes is a thing, it's possible. <laughs> oh my God, this is a bad one. Um, <laughs> shout out to one of we had him on the podcast. Uh, I don't know how many episodes. Nick. Yeah. Will Lizzle show up in a disgusting thong? Will there be a double doink? Ha! 
How is that? Uh, just a th- I have no idea. Will Lizzo? Sh- uh, I got that one. Um, where will be double He's thing double moved double. on me? Will Eli Manning be mentioned? Oh God, yeah. Um, will there be double overtime? I know. Plus thousand. I put a buck on it. Oh, a dollar. Sure. A dollar. Uh, number of times 49ers get rush- roughing the passer. Ooh. Hmm. What's the overrunner on that? Uh, where was it? Uh, one and a half. Oh, that's that's a shitty number. If you would have given me one, I would have done it. And my f- first cheerleader shown, 49ers or Chiefs, which ones do they show first? And then you get your classics, you know, heads, tails. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. National Anthem is probably going to be. Color of the Gatorade. Color of the Gatorade. Um, I'm predicting red Gatorade, Ooh. personally, because both teams are red. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to have my buddies like, oh, it'll be orange. Neither team has orange in their color. Actually, if you look, the last betting site that I saw it actually posted on, mm-hmm. they didn't even do straight colors. They did red, orange. They did the combo colors of oh. like, and I think it's because if you look at it on TV, yeah. there are going to be people that think it's red and wit. So they right? just kind of give you. So the, they the mash fact, it together, though. and it's like uh, yellow green is one mm-hmm. combo. Like they they did that. They did. There's some color combos this time, and probably my favorite favorite one. Video of Andy Reid doing punt, pass, kick to show. What? Have you never seen the video? Oh, of him catching the punt? Of him doing punting the ball. They, so they used to have, I don't know if they still have it. The punt, the, pass, and kick competition. Punt, pass, and kick yeah, competition. Yeah, yeah. So Andy Reid was a part of it as a 13-year-old. He's a ginormous human being. Wait a second. Him. Hold on. Like 50 years ago we're talking that Andy- Yes. Oh, that better be. I need to see You've this. You've never seen no. it. Steven, where have you been? Oh, this is. I'm going to go Google it. As soon fa- as we finish this podcast. He is wearing LA Rams gear. Is he an LA kid? I, I think Andy Reid's an LA kid. You can't tell by I think LA. I, I always felt like Andy Reid was like a Midwestern boy. He seems like he is from Los Angeles, California. He does not look like it. Okay. All right. <laughs> he well, does not all look. Right. He looks more Philly. Yeah. Philly, Kansas City. Like. The teams he coached. The teams he coached. That's what we like. A about. man who enjoys a cheesesteak or some barbecue. Green Bay, where cheese is pretty famous. He, he, you know, looks like he indulged some cheese too. Hey, right, I I've had cheese. Wisconsin cheese curds. Oh my god! All right. Oh my god! So so good. If you can find, go watch the video because oh, it's I have, no, no, it's happening. He's throwing the ball a million. Mi- like he he throws the ball. He he's bigger than every kid there. Because he's a monster. He's a monster human being <laughs> at thirteen. So it was the guy who hit full. Like he was fully grown yeah. adult by thirteen. So those are some of the the interesting bets. I I, I do like throwing a a shekel. You know, you have your your usual stuff. Your over unders on on catches by certain yeah. receivers. You know. Passes, pass yards, rushing, rush, it's all that stuff. I don't know what Jimmy G currently is. I have to, there's too much to scroll through. But if anything is over 12, I would take him. Over 12 for what? Completions. Ah. Let's see. Let's see if I have access to any of these from Bet365. Like passing attempts. Jimmy G. Oh, yeah. (laughs) His attempts, uh, the over under is 30 and a half. 30 and a half? Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is 36 and a half. Oh, my God. Passing yards, minus 120. Mm-hmm. Jimmy G's 238.5. See, there's a... Patrick you know, Mahomes at 302.5. I want to yell smash the over. Because how many times does he throw for under 300 yards? Very rare. 
Mm-hmm. Even in garbage time, you know San Fran will be very... May just be out here putting uh, might a ducket or two at the moment. <laughs> you might have to, but you have to. You you honestly have to. And uh, uh, Clearly, this is allegedly as uh, there's no sports gambling in Canada. What are you talking about? We're not betting. I didn't put... Dude, we're not putting any money down. <laughs> but, you, you know, you have all these sort of cool prop bets and everything, but at the end of the day, the game is the, the most important thing. At least for us, we watch it. You know, we've watched football for so much. It's been the combination of watching 20 weeks of, for me and Steven, it wasn't fun. You know, at least the, the Steelers gave me a little bit of hope there. We trudged through the we season. We trudged through the season. Steven, a little bit harder than my trudge because his team had some struggles this oh, year. God. But, you know, we're at this point now. And, and I'm going to say one of the big keys, though, for San Francisco is I know it sounds crazy. You're never going to stop Patrick Mahomes. All right? You can't. It, it's hard to stop you someone. You cannot stop him. You can only hope to contain him. And slow him down. What is one way to slow a high power? We watched them score, like, how many touchdowns in that second quarter against Houston? You mean the first quarter before they even got to, like... No, in, when they played the AFC division. Oh, the second quarter. Sorry, The second yeah. quarter, where they were down... So, I was thinking first half. Yeah, second quarter. I think he scored three... I think it was three or four. No, it was four. I think they scored four touchdowns. It was something stupid. Like in in a matter of eight minutes. I was trying to think how many he's responsible for, yeah. and I was trying to think if they had a rushing one in there mm-hmm. that wasn't him, or if he threw it to the running back, and it was four touchdowns he was responsible for. Yeah. And some were like forty second drives. Oh God, yeah. No time comes off the clock. Your team, like San Francisco, who can run the ball very oh, well. He was responsible for three because there was one that was a kick return. Yes, sorry, or a punt return, but you know what I mean. Oh, sorry, no, it wasn't a punt return. It was when Houston on their thirty five decided. Hey, you know what would be really cool if we run a fake punt? Oh yeah, and you got burned on it. You didn't yeah. have no, to no, do no. it. I mean, you there were was up. The, there was a kick to Nicole Hardman who took it all the way back. No, he he took it to the thirty-five. Oh. That was the that's what swung everything oh, the other, okay. other way. Yeah, yeah. So for San Francisco, their key to winning this football game is going to be slowing down Patrick Mahomes, keeping him off the field. Much like the New York Giants had done many moons ago when they slowed down the K-Gun offense with Jim Kelly. And what they did against uh, the Patriots. Yes. And you know what's funny against those pa- the teams that those Giants team that beats the Patriots? Remember how good their defensive lines were? Mm-hmm. And who was the best defensive line in the NFL? The San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a hell of a Super Bowl. I can't fucking wait. It's going to be a hell of a Super Bowl. <laughs> and if you and Kansas City, well, one, don't turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. Two, take more than thirty seconds to go up the field. You have to be almost methodical. You have to do you have to you have to almost put Jimmy Garoppolo in a position where he has to beat you, not the running backs. You have to almost go up fast. Not fast, but you have to you have to have your defense play well enough you that you get score stops. And you gotta try and stay ahead to make them chase the game so they can't just run it all the time. Yes. Like you need to get a lead, you gonna need to get a lead early. Mm-hmm. And you need to stay in the lead. Yeah. Now, granted, that sounds like, oh yeah, obviously, if you do that, you're going to win. But I mean, just just to have a chance mm-hmm. to slow down, yeah, or just to have a chance, yeah, to, you you basically have to keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands as mm-hmm. much as possible. That's all. That's pretty much the strategy. It's it's easier said than done. Okay, oh, God, I, like yeah. very much easier said than done. But that's that is the key here. When you face an offense as good as the Kansas City Chiefs are with Andy Reid, you have to run the ball. You have to keep Patty Mahomes and that offense off the field. You have to, you have to make it uncomfortable when they come on the field that they're cold and out of out of sync. Exactly. Because you have to think they haven't played in two weeks. 
So what travels well? You know what? In the playoffs, they say what travels well most is an offensive line and a running game. Never mind the passing game, because the passing game is dependent on so many little, little things. Yep. The running game is what travels. Brute force travels. Brute force. And the team with the most brute force is the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, God, yeah. And they're my pick to win the Super Bowl this year. I don't want to do it, because then they tie the Steelers, and there are three teams now with six Super Bowls. But I just think that this 49ers team, the way they've trudged through the season, the many different ways they've won games, they've been in games, you know, no disrespect to Kansas City. They are a fantastic football team. Very well coached. Patty Mahomes is a superstar, the, if not the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Don't tell me that Lamar Jackson is the game changer. No, Patrick Mahomes is the game changer. I'll take Patrick Mahomes for even five years. I don't care. I'll take him for five if I could. All right? <laughs> well, that happened probably not because he's going to make $45 million oh, God, as yeah. a quarterback. All right? Tell me that's too much, and I'm telling you you're a liar, okay? But I think that San Francisco, with the way this defense is played, with the way that offensive line and that the wide receivers, everybody blocks, and the, the style in which they won the last game – is so impressive to only win a game. If I told you a quarterback threw eight passes and they won the game, you would say, what, did he come in halfway through the game? I'd also say, what is this, 1972? Exactly. <laughs> that's that's the thing. Like it's. I agree. I think it's going to be the 49ers that end up taking this because it's just you start going down the list of like what they have, the strengths of that team, what they can do. And, yeah, the only thing that could stop them is Patrick Mahomes. Who is on the other side? But they have like, there's just so many things about them though that should be able to counter parts of this Kansas City offense. That it's just I just I think that they are that they're going to end up taking this out. I want to see Andy Reid win a Super Bowl before he retires. I'd love to see that happen. I just don't think this is the time that it's going to happen. Neither do I, and. Um, I uh, like you. I want to see Andy. I think he deserves one. He, oh yeah. It's it's what stops him from being. It cements him in. It'll cement his legacy as one of the greatest coaches of all time. Yes. Because if you look at his coaching, like if you look at the amount of wins he has and just the impact he's had on the way the game is played mm-hmm. and who is currently shaping the way the game is played because of all the coaches that came out of the Andy Reid coaching tree. Like he's a Hall of Famer, but when he's missing the Super Bowl. It's hard for a lot of people to put him in his rightful position. Mm -hmm. So he needs to win one. I just don't think this is the year. Now, granted, you got Patrick Mahomes. You're probably going to have a few more chances. You have a few more chances, but you don't know how many. You don't know what you're going to run into either. That's the and how much money you're about to pay Patrick Mahomes. Exactly, and the pieces you might lose because of it. Just the way the NFL is. So we're both going San Fran. We're both taking the. I'm, I don't know what the over was, but I'm guessing whatever it is, we're probably going to take it both because we think it's going to be a shootout game. And um, are you taking red, red Gatorade, blue Gatorade, <sighs> white Gatorade, red Gatorade, red Gatorade, red Gatorade? And Kyle Shanahan redeems himself, kind of. Sure, sure. <laughs> That's what Stephen. Stephen doesn't want don't to call care. it that. Stephen's ready to like just yeah. He wins the title for San Francisco. It does not redeem what he did in Atlanta. No. Okay. 
Sorry. Sorry to bring up old ones. I didn't mean to. All right. Anyway, facts. Um, but I guess that concludes this episode of uh, the Last Word Podcast. Fun fact, Eli Manning, even though he retired, is not a Hall of Famer. We'll talk about that. He will be. He, he I, don't think he's, I don't think he deserves to be a Hall of Famer. Correct. For two moments, because at that point, you might as well stick Mario Manningham and... David Tyree. David Tyree in the Hall of Fame, but we will get to that. Don't you worry. Uh, he'll make it in, though, because he's a Manning and he played in New York. You are right, sir. You hit all the points. You hit the, no- you hit the, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head with a hammer. <laughs> Try. <laughs> and that one that was, yeah, and not a broken one either. But anyways, <laughs> uh, this has been the Last Word Podcast. We appreciate you listening wherever you are. Um, hit subscribe, tell your friends, and uh, we'll be back next week with a Fun show of Super Bowl shenanigans. Maybe start talking about trade deadline stuff because uh, we're in February next week, bud. I just hope it's a much more lighthearted show next week. Yeah, you know what? Like we get a like this was this was a deep yeah. episode. You know, sorry we we tried to we we held it together, Stephen. Though uh, an A for us because we held it together. Um, we trugged through like Kobe Bryant would have wanted us to do, and yeah. But this concludes this week's episode. Um, he's been Stephen Artabello. And I've been Angela Lippa. We appreciate you listening. Um, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Uh, you are definitely one of the greatest of all time. You will be missed. And live well, friend. Take a day off, catch you at the top, put the key and get a J off. Baseline, FaceTime, tongue out like two, three. Even two, three, gotta love how I do me. Practice while you sleep, practice in my sleep. Straight out of high school, the break is made for me. I will be